0: West Town, thanks for, uh, for joining us this morning. Um, it is uh, July 4th, uh, Sunday, and um, you know, as we talked last week about uh, conflict and conflict resolution, uh, just know that next week we'll be starting a series where we'll, we'll be going through the book of Hebrews. Um, but um, I wanted to take uh, conflict and kind of some of the tension that we're all feeling and go even one step, even smaller or more specific in this week, um, I want us to look at our words. Um, and we're going to look at the half-brother of Jesus, uh, James, and uh, we're going to see what uh, he has to say about words. I think um, this will be a very practical sermon, and hopefully you'll be able to pull something from it. I want to start out with these quotes that have uh been part of our American history. This is from Theodore Roosevelt. The best leader is the one who has sense enough to pick good men to do what he once done, and the self-restraint to keep from meddling with them while they do it. Harry Truman said, America was not built on fear. America was built on courage, on imagination, and an unbeatable determination to do the job at hand. And finally, Abraham Lincoln said, uh, America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. Three famous quotes um, that help build this nation and build uh, how we view ourselves. And uh, what we're gonna look at is, is in James chapter three, and we're gonna look at verses one through 12 um, and so if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn uh, to James 3 and uh, follow along with me if you would. Uh, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their body, whole body in check. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, Who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. How do you choose the words that you use? And when those words go out, what's your perspective on what happens? I think James got to see a a perfect example uh, growing up of when to speak and when not to speak and when you speak what words to use. And I think for many of us, we have seen the power of words. Proverbs. Proverbs. 12, 18 says, Reckless words pierce like a sword. Earlier in that chapter, Proverbs says, A man's harmful speech will harm him. He talks about praising. James talks about praising and cursing. Let me ask you again. Lately, what are the words that you have been using? And what do you think the effect of those words uh, what, what is the effect on those that you're uh, expressing them to? See, what we realize and what, what is implicit all throughout this passage is that the tongue has power over the listener. It says that you can curse with your words. Do you believe that? When you, um, when you say something, you can impart, right, Uh, Just you can you don't only wish good upon somebody, but what happens? You impart good. That's that's what James is saying. I mean, think about the power. If reckless words can penetrate an arrow going through the body of a bear or an animal, the power of that penetration. There's some words that were said to you as a child that you never ever that you've never forgotten. They've penetrated your heart. They've penetrated your mind. That you can remember when someone said to you, Hey, you know what? You are beautiful. Don't let anyone tell you anything different. You are intelligent. Don't let anyone tell you any different. You are stupid. You are fat. These words—they, um, according to James, we know that they can set your life on fire. They come in and penetrate. They don't just wish, but they have power in and of themselves. According to the Bible, words are acts. In the Bible, in other words, words are action. Do you believe that? Words are action. Some people would say, well, you know, Frank, I mean, are you, over, are you overdoing it a little bit here? I mean, is this, is this a little bit extreme? Um, but you know the quotes that are still there. The things said by your mother or your father or your uncle or your sister or your best friend or your coach or your professor or your boss. You can still hear them. And you'll be watching a movie, you'll be in a restaurant, you'll hear words to a song, and it will trigger something. And you'll remember words. Words matter. Because words in and of themselves are action. It's not just simply that a mother says to a son or two different sons, you are strong and you are weak. Or you are lovable and you are not. It's not just... A, um, a passing comment words they penetrate do you believe that they that words have that type of power and so when you think about this when you think about uh different i've been watching a few shows on actual on prisoners and to hear the way a prisoner thinks about himself he thinks he is a mistake. He thinks he is this single uh, act of violence. That's all he is. And he has these quotes about himself. And you think, how is he ever going to be rehabilitated unless those words change? Unless new words come in and replace the sentence or the statement that he has placed on his forehead. I want you to hear this quote from my buddy Lance. My buddy Lance is one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard. And he... um, uh, wrote this on his Facebook page about his wife. Think what these words would do if you were Lance's wife, Jill. He writes this Happy birthday, Jill. This girl right here is my love. She is the spontaneity to my spreadsheet, the just relax to my every detail in place, the roller coaster to my lazy river, the early arriver to my right on time, the Bon Jovi to my Whitney Houston the Alabama fan to my FSU Seminoles, the rescuer of sad plants at Home Depot, the taster of new unrecognizable foods. She drinks milk past the expiration date and could live forever at the beach. She'd be fine if email, social media, cats, and Disney World disappeared forever. And she's the most devoted prayer warrior I have ever known. Love you forever, Jill. What did those words do? According to the scripture, they penetrated a wife's heart. And what did they do? It was a deposit. It wasn't a withdrawal. Imagine the size of her heart after she reads this. And so you wonder, well, why, Frank? Why do words have such power? Well, verse 9, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men. Who what? Who have been made in the image of God. We are made in the image of God. What does it mean to be made in the image or likeness of God? So we are like God and unlike what? Well, we know according to the scripture, we're unlike the animals. In that, what? Everyone who's listening, you know what? You need to hear words. And everyone who is listening, you were created in the image of God to what? To speak words. We need to hear them, and we need to speak them. What does the world say? A response could be from the world, but well, what are you talking about, Frank? All that matters is that you like what you're doing. Only you have to decide uh, what you like, and that you're doing what you want to do, but you tell me, in your line of work, if you're some music- musician or athlete, or you're some artist, and and you hear, um, all you hear is bad reviews as to your work. Does that not affect you? No, of course it does. We get our sense of self. Part of getting our sense of self is what is the words of others. You are supposed to hear words from other people speak into your life. That's what you're supposed to. Um, th- that's how you were made we get our sense of self, or at least a large, a huge influential part of self comes from the words of others. Do you believe that? If you did, I wonder what that would mean for our engagement in relationship. And at the same time, not only do we need to receive words, but you need to express words. I mean, think of the last time you wanted to just burst. That you were... um, that you were uh, so excited because you saw a video, or, or, you saw this, uh, or, or you saw this beautiful piece of art, or you had this unbelievable interaction with someone you care about deeply, what do you want to do? You want to talk to somebody. You want to enjoy it with somebody. You want to grab somebody and say, listen to this. You want to say, watch this. It keeps you alive. You were made to talk. You were made to express through words. I watched the movie of Walter McMillan um, and I think it's Brian Stevenson Just Mercy. and Jamie Foxx is uh, the, the man who has been falsely accused of murder and he uh, there, there's this, these great scenes where he and his two cellmates or they're not cellmates but they're in the next two cells and you just get the sense of the power of expressing words. The power of that in a prison where you are uh, confined to a space, but they could still talk. They could still speak life to one another. And when the one man was being brought to the electric chair, he turned to Jamie and he just told him, you need to know how much your friendship Meant to be meant to me during this time of waiting. The power of words we are called to, to speak, and the reason words have a living power, uh, power in us, the reason words are more than words, the reason actually the Bible kind of describes words as food and that they nourish us is that we're made in the image of God. And what does God do? He speaks. God spoke, and it was. We are made in the image of God, and God is a speaker, and God God sends us his word, the Lord of the word, and the word of the Lord. That's what we are called to do. It has enormous power. Your words can destroy, and your words, they can heal. And many of us have both types of tape. Tapes, or I guess it would be, yeah, I don't think it'd be tapes anymore. <laughs> it'd be MP3s or, 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 yeah, Apple iTunes tapes in our heads, and we're thinking, yep, no, I'm better than this. My, my father said I'm better than this. He gave me wise, wise words to live life well. I remember my father, my last year at Florida State, my, uh, my dad said, well, uh, Frankie, you're going to be going to uh, seminary. It'd probably be wise if you took Greek, the, the language of Greek, because you have to study in that, uh, you have to study that in seminary, and after I finished that, I actually graduated, and I had one semester while I waited for Lou to graduate, and during that semester, I remember talking with my dad, and he goes, you know, why don't you take golf? Why, why don't you sign up for a golf class? because he was thinking, you know, that's a good way to spend an afternoon with someone you're trying to minister to, and I did, and I'm not a great golfer at all, but you know what, I'm least functional, and uh, those were words that were spoken to uh, bring me wisdom and and to help me, and uh, he was meant to speak. Think about the words that God the Father gave his Son. In Mark chapter one, and a voice from heaven came, You are my beloved son, in whom in you I am well pleased. What did that do? The very next verse in in Mark it says, At once the Spirit of God drove what Jesus into the wilderness where he was what? He was tempted for what forty days, symbolizing the forty years that Israel was in the desert. And what do we know about Jesus is that the words of his father were life. And it spoke, hey, remember who you are. And Jesus, though he was tempted in every way, it says he was tempted by Satan and he was with wild animals. You know what he did not do? He did not sin. Do you think those words from his father, those life giving words, were not empowering to the Son of God? If Jesus needs words, you, you need words. You need words from other people, and you need them to speak life into you because your tongue, it's, it's an essential if you want to change, if you want to see growth. It's the key when you really look at this passage to permanent change because we see this. The words reveal who we are. Where he writes, my brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. What is he saying? He's saying, how do you know if a root is a fig root? In other words, you won't know yourself unless you use words, unless you really look at your words. Your words, what, they reveal who you are. One of the beautiful things about having a great small group Or I would even say having an accountability partner or going to counseling is this, it gets you talking. And when people begin to talk, you know what they begin to do? They begin to understand themselves better. We were meant to use words. And when you get people talking, they understand themselves um, all the more. What you believe is what? is what completely shapes your personality. What you believe about yourself, what you believe about God, what you believe about other people. But you won't know what you believe unless you begin to work it out with words. Words that you are used that are called to express who you are and the words that you receive from others. Because if you don't Use words. If you don't find trustworthy people to talk to, to talk these things out, what you know is that your words will show who you are, no matter what. And you're only going to know who you are through relationships. The, your words will reveal. I don't know if you've ever listened to any of the Watergate tapes of Richard Nixon. This is why it was so telling. It was so it was so uh, jarring, because you saw. Richard Nixon, and then you listen to these tapes, and what we realized is that there was a coarseness to his words. There's a meanness in his spirit. There's a nastiness, and this isn't to trash the man, but it revealed some things about himself. Words do that. They reveal who we are, and that's why the scriptures say you need to know who you are, so what? So that it can be reined in. So that your tongue can be controlled because the scriptures say, in your, if you're made in the image of God, you know there are a lot of good things in there. And you are made with dignity. And if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit and you have grace in there. But what do we also know? That we have a lot of sin and I have a lot of stupid things in my heart and in my mouth. And um, we want to grow in these areas. We want to uh, begin to speak Uh, truth over these lies we want to speak good over evil we want to speak constructive words over destructive things if you ever watched the movie the help Viola Davis I loved it she was a she was a nanny and she was a nanny to a three-year-old girl and she had this saying that she would just hold this girl and it was actually her last day she was actually being fired and it was her last words and she held up this three-year-old girl who she loved who she had seen grow up from a little baby. And she said, you is smart, you is kind, and you is important. I mean, words penetrate. Words reveal. And uh, this is what uh, we are called to speak to one another. We're called to speak this to uh, ourselves because they are powerful. And at the same time, James, later on, a few few chapters later, here's what James says in James 5.16. He says this, I need you to get together with other Christians, and part of the words that you are going to use is going to be this. It's going to be confession. I need you to confess your sins to each other. And you think to yourself, why in the world would you ever do that with your words? Confess the, the, the Greek word is homo logeo, logic you're supposed to speak the same thing as God says about you to others homologic that's what confession is about because you know what happens when you do that in in a relationship? You're held accountable. In other words, um, instead of expressing anger, you can be held accountable by your buddy or by your sister in the faith. And you could say, you know what, you know what, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold you accountable to speak from the, the better part of your heart. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk you through what it means to make promises so that when you stand up there and you make a promise and you get married and you promise all sorts of things, those things are in your heart and you learn how to use words and actually mean words Because without words, without making promises, without confessing, without relationships, without speaking it out, you won't what? You won't even understand yourself. You have to speak. And so this is a bit of an indictment of those who are loners. It is. You were not made to be alone. Adam was created, and what did God say? It was not good after Adam was created. He was meant to be in relationship with someone else, not just God. I mean, Adam was with God and God said, this is still not good enough. I want you to love me and know me, but you have to be in relationship and use words with others. And so, those of you that are loners or don't trust people or don't want to do these sorts of things or don't want to talk things out, you don't want to be honest, you don't want to be truthful, you don't want to make promises, look out look out. You were made for this. That's the power of words. Now, moving on here, he says, okay, so how should you speak? What are verbs that, that uh, we need to understand? He, the two things that we see here in this, uh, in this um, section is you shouldn't boast and you shouldn't curse. These are the two verbs he uses. The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Then farther down, it says, you shouldn't curse. Even though you say you're Christians and you say you believe in Jesus, many of us don't really function out of what? The heart of the gospel. I mean, our our gospel says that we are saved by, by grace through faith alone and that Jesus has died for you, and now there's no condemnation. And the word of God, the verdict of God has come in. And here's what the verdict is. I have punished Jesus Christ in your place. Therefore, you know what? You are my child with whom I'm well pleased. And so why do many of us spend all of our time seeking to what? Prosecute others. Why do I do that? or make excuses, or I want to criticize others. They give us a tongue assignment, right? You don't realize that you don't operate on the gospel until what? Until you watch your tongue, until I really watch our tongue, because words reveal. Imagine if for the next week you decided, I will not grumble, I will not complain, I will not boast about anything, I will not gossip about anything. I am not going to say something about someone because here's what ultimately we realize, that all that boasting and all that cursing, you know what you do? You know what you realize? The word of God says the verdict of God has come in. And and you know what it says? The gospel says, get out of the courtroom. The verdict is in. And many of us are still in the courtroom. And you know what we're doing? We're prosecuting. And we're defending. And he says, look, there's a new way if you understand what Jesus has done for you. If that you could boast in Jesus, right? That you could understand that Jesus took the curse so you don't have to do cursing anymore. When you understand that, that you will leave the courtroom because the verdict has always come in. Do you think your words would change? I think they would look more, a, a lot more like love and encouragement. We become Barnabas, who, was, who Paul needed. He's known as the son of encouragement. There is nothing like God giving you a friend who knows you well and knows the situations where you need a little note passed to you. He needs, before whatever happens, to pull you aside and say, remember, remember who you are. Do you have that? It's what we're called. Uh, It's the life we're called to be a part of. And so when you understand the use of words, the the last thing that we look at here is um, how do you heal your words? So if we shouldn't boast and if we shouldn't curse, but we're called to use words and we're called to uh, receive words, what, what does this, what does this passage say? It says, um, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness.